This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello and welcome to a Heartland exclusive interview. My name is Christina Heron and Government Relations Manager of Health Policy at the Heartland Institute. Today's guest is Iowa Senate Majority Leader Jack Whitver. Senator Whitver, thanks so much for hopping on here and talking with me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here um, and talk a little bit about COVID policy and just other um, you know, policy areas that the 2021 session has um, that you have in store for the 2021 session. So as a legislator, you have an extremely important role and perspective on COVID-19. And I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on the steps Iowa is taking to combat the virus and also balancing keeping the state open and allowing people to work and provide for their families. I know Iowa has done an awesome job at this. So just want to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, well, obviously 2020 and now going into 2021 is it has been one of the more difficult years for a lot of people and um, no different for the legislature. Last year, we had to take about a 13-week a break in the middle of session um, because of COVID. And then we came back and, and tried to get as much of our, our policy done as possible in just a quick um, 10-day session to end, to, to end the year. And um, even with that long break, we were still able to continue to do our work um, continue to put bills together and uh, pass, I think, a, a pretty successful session. And, and then um, dealing with COVID uh, has been interesting and difficult for everyone. You know, I've, I've said this many times, I don't know that anyone's had a more difficult job over the last year than governors uh, in, in the United States. And the decisions they have to make on a daily basis with not nearly the, uh, enough information to make them, but just try to make the best decisions you can. And you try to balance um, shutting down the economy to stop the COVID spread with um, keeping uh, the economy open so that people can can maintain their businesses and their lives and with just the mental health and, and, the, and the public pressure of continuing to um, to have a state that's open. And I think our governor here in Iowa, Governor Reynolds, has, has walked that tightrope about as good as anyone in the country when it comes to that balance. And I think it's paid off for Iowa. Uh, if you look at um, uh, the state of our economy, if you look at our state budget, um, a lot of those decisions have, um, have, I think, balanced it really well. And we went from 3% unemployment um, up to 12 overnight. And now we're back down to three. We're, I think, second lowest in the entire country as far as our unemployment rate. And, and that's important. We need people to get back to work if they can. And, um, and then you look at the state of our, our budget. Um, we're one of the states, we're not begging the federal government right now for handouts. You know, they're sending a lot of money to the states, um, but you're not going to hear Iowa with their hand up saying bail us out because uh, we're upside down in our budget. Uh, going into the pandemic, we had about a, a $500 million projected surplus. We shut the economy down for three months and we still ended with 300 million surplus uh, last year. And so um, that allows us to make um, make more decisions and better decisions when it comes to the 2021 session that I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I do just wanna um, reiterate the thanks to Governor Reynolds. I think she's done a phenomenal job at standing up for Iowans and what we want, and that's to be able to see our families and friends and work and make decisions for ourselves. So. 
Um, we're happiest when we are allowed to choose, um, you know, freedom. That's what we choose. So, um, yeah, and, and the thing I would add about that is, you know, from the beginning, she has said that we're going to make our decisions based on science and we're going to make it, you know, nobody ever said we were all just going to eradicate COVID overnight and we're going to stay in our houses till it's gone. It's how can we, um, buy time to get the vaccine made? How can we keep our hospitals from overflowing? How can we keep our ICUs from overflowing? And so I think she's done a really good job of watching those metrics. And as the hospitals uh, have become filled, um, she puts in place more measures to try to, to, to counteract that. But um, as opposed to a lot of governors that make decisions without any rational um, basis for it, it uh, she's actually looking at those numbers, which, which I commend her for. Yeah, absolutely. And I love to see us at number two for, um lowest unemployment. So that's great. Um, and then in regard to vaccine distribution, um, do you have any updates on um, how that process is going? Obviously, this is a, a um, difficult thing for every state and, and all across the country to try to get the vaccines out as fast as we can to the right populations. And so um, Iowa, we've been working our way through some of those vulnerable populations, you know, the nursing homes into the healthcare workers. Um, we moved teachers up the list. We, we thought as a legislature, it's really important to get our kids back in school. And one of the conversations around that is, okay, the kids uh, seem like um, they're more resistant to, to COVID, but what about the teachers? And so uh, we move the teachers up in the order. And so we're going through that process now with getting our teachers vaccinated. And so, um, uh, we're making progress. Uh, you know, it's it's never fast enough uh, in, in a situation like this. Um, and, you know, it's always a struggle to get not only get supply, but get supply to the right people in the right areas. And um, that's a constant, a constant challenge to make sure the right organizations have the, the vaccines in the right areas where the where the um, demand is there. And so we're continuing to work on that. But um, it's, it's never fast enough for for what we'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you have to store the vaccine at such a cold temperature. There's a lot of factors that kind of go into this. I think us and the general public maybe don't always think about, but um, I think that's great. And then I also want to talk about um, the education policy you maybe were kind of mentioning or leaning into. Um, school choice is obviously an issue that the Heartland Institute has worked on since, since its inception. And it's something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, and I know that the Iowa State Legislature is doing a lot um, to kind of reform school choice or push for school choice. Um, I, and just in general, for those folks out there who don't know, Iowa is very different from our um, you know, surrounding states like Illinois, for example. Iowa has open enrollment. So we, our state legislature has done a very good job at pushing for educational opportunities and choice for parents and students. But what more are you all doing? Because I know that there is legislation um, and the governor has talked about it a lot. Now, we've worked close with the governor to, to bring this issue to the forefront, school choice. And um, we actually passed a bill last week with several different components. But um, when you start talking about what school choice means in 2021, it's, it's maybe different than what it meant um, in the past for decades. Um, because um, there are school districts in the state of Iowa where parents can't even choose to send their kid to their public school because the public school shut down. Um, for example, Des Moines Public Schools, um, they just shut down. You couldn't go in line. They broke state law as far as um, what we said is we want you at least in school half the time. And they just said no. And so parents couldn't, don't, don't even have the choice to send their kids to their public school 
which is something I never thought we'd talk about, but um, but it is something we're talking about. And um, while we do have open enrollment in the state of Iowa, um, state law from, from many, many years ago and, and probably decades ago, um, limited open enrollment in certain school districts. Des Moines Public School is one of those where you can't open enroll out of, or right. it's very, it's very difficult to open and roll out of Des Moines public schools. And right. so um, in that situation where um, the school says we're not in school at all and you can't open and roll out, there's no choice there for parents. And so when you talk about what school choice means, it could mean the traditional thing like scholarships to, to take your money to, to private schools, but it also means uh, the right for parents to have their kids go to school 100% of the time. And even a lot of our schools that uh, have been in the hybrid model meaning they're in school two days a week, they're out of school um, two days a week and maybe split the Wednesdays. Um, that's what my kids have done the entire year. Um, once we started the legislative session, we quickly passed and the governor quickly signed a bill that said every school district in the state of Iowa has to offer 100% in-person. In that doesn't mean parents have to choose 100% in-person. They can go virtual if they um, have family members that are vulnerable, if they don't feel okay with it, they can still do virtual. But for those parents who, who want their kids in school, their kids need to be in school, they're going to have that choice. And so here in a couple of weeks when um, uh, that waiting period or kind of the, the, the period to let the schools um, put the plan in place is implemented, every student in the state of Iowa will have the option to go to school. So that's a school choice, but it's you're talking about public schools here. And then there's just the old traditional model of, of um, education scholarships. And uh, we did pass a, a, a small um, part of that bill was related to ESA's education savings accounts. Um, and we focused it on the failing school districts. And, and there's 34, uh, and not even the districts, I guess, we, there's 34 failing school buildings in the state of Iowa. Um, 34 buildings are failing our kids. And we're looking for options of how can we um, get those kids uh, in the best position possible to be successful. You know, there's been a lot of talk about second chance initiatives here in the state of Iowa, whether that's criminal justice reform or prison reform. Um, but one thing that is really important to me is we can't skip the first chance initiatives. You can't just start talking about a second chance when you're 20, when, when people are 25 or 35 years old. What about when they're five years old and they're stuck in a failing school? What can we do as a state legislature to try to get those kids in a position where they had their first chance before we have to worry about a second chance? And, and that's not to say we're not going to worry about a second chance, but you can't just skip that first chance. And so uh, to me, that's a very important part of that bill was uh, go to the, the 34 buildings that are failing our kids and give those kids a chance to go get an education like the rest of us. Right. Yeah, well, that was good. You caught me on the open enrollment. There are three, I think. School's <laughs> one of those. We have Davenport right here. So yeah, Davenport, um, yeah. yeah we do have um, open enrollment for a majority of our students. And I think that this um, you know, new school choice policy or proposal, um, or what it was passed, but has it been signed into law yet? It is passed the Senate right now. It's currently over in the House. Um, and okay. They're on it. Yep. okay, so that would be great. I'm definitely looking forward to see that and how that moves um, to the governor's desk, hopefully soon. Um, speaking of other policy areas or what else is on the agenda for the 2021 session? Are there any other legislative agenda items that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, there are. And, and what I alluded to earlier is because we had a $300 million surplus last year, one of the few states that, that came out in the black, um, that gives us options. And, and by that, I mean, it gives us a, a options when we need to make investments in certain areas. Um, mental health is one of those that um, is always a priority. It's always um, 
an issue we need to get better at uh, as a society uh, and, and funding mental health issues, but especially in the last year we've had with COVID and what that's done to mental health, it's been a problem. And so having a surplus gives you options to invest in certain areas like that. And so um, mental health is one we're working on, um, but it also gives us options as far as continuing to work on tax policy. You know, we've tried to make big steps over the last four years to improve our tax climate because uh, it's competitive. You know, uh, Iowa has a really high tax rate, um, both both personal and corporate. And we're trying to take steps to, to get more competitive and encourage more business to come here, more jobs to be created here uh, and our economy to be more successful. And so um, by having that surplus, it allows us to make investments where needed, but also allows us to continue to work on tax policy. And so uh, I expect us to continue to do that. Um, the governor has laid out uh, a broadband issue. Uh, we're, we're very low in our broadband rankings as far as connectivity. Um, that was exposed this last year during COVID when so many people um, were not, not just working from home, but also educating from home. And uh, we have a lot of rural areas here in Iowa that um, they're not serviced well, and we need to continue to do that. Uh, and then you look at the ag economy and the new technology coming through ag, um, a lot of that uses Wi-Fi or, 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 or internet connectivity. And so we wanna continue to try to, to, to work on broadband and the governor has laid that out. And so um, overall though, because we're not upside down in our budget, we're not coming in slashing budgets left and right, just trying to patch together, together a session. We're able to have a fairly normal session all things considered. And, and and I'm proud of that fact that we can continue to have good conversations and not just say, well, it's COVID, we don't have money. We're not gonna worry about that kind of stuff. We can continue to move forward as a state because of tough decisions we've made in the past. Right, well, I'm smiling from ear to ear as an Iowa resident. This is everything I love to hear from the COVID response to implementing more school choice and education savings accounts and hopefully bringing more business to Iowa. This sounds great. Um, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? No, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to come talk about Iowa because I think, you know, we've had a Republican trifecta now for the last four years. It's our fifth year. And um, uh, we've been able to implement a lot of big, bold uh, initiatives that uh, have, have just died over the last 20 years and given us a chance to, to not only catch up, but to move Iowa ahead. And we had 20 years there with split control, or it was just a decade ago, Democrats had a trifecta here. Uh, but I'm proud that once we got that majority, we've been able to actually implement these conservative ideas. And you have a lot of states around the country that they have a trifecta, whether it's Republican or Democrat, but they can't get anything done because maybe it's personalities of leadership or just infighting. Uh, to this point, we've had uh, going on five years now of working together to actually get things accomplished. And that doesn't mean we don't have disagreements with the house. And that doesn't mean we don't have disagreements with the governor, uh, but we work through those and we continue to stay together so that we keep in mind the number one goal, which is to make Iowa more successful. And we try to put the personalities aside and, and our trifecta I think has been very successful because of that. And we've continued to win elections because of that. Um, we, the Iowa Senate, we were the only chamber in the country in 2018 to gain seats. So we came in, implemented our agenda, and picked up three seats in 2018, which was really a really tough year for Republicans around the country, as you know. And so um, we want to continue to be bold and we want to continue to enact these policies to, to move the state forward. So I'm always happy to talk about uh, what we're working on. Yeah, well, it's really good to hear from you and, you know, promoting liberty minded policies and policies that put, you know, the choice back in the hands of 
Iowans is awesome. And again, I'm just smiling because this is great. I love it. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank you again for your leadership in the Senate and for taking time to talk with me today. Oh, I do also want to note what's the best way for our audience to stay up to date with what's happening in the Iowa legislature or um, the work your office specifically is doing? Yeah, I mean, the Iowa legislature, we have a we have a, a website that has links. You know, one thing interesting we're doing this year is we've moved a lot more things to Zoom. You know, it was important to me that we continue to function as normal as possible. Um, and but also be as transparent and as accessible as possible. And in order to not have a 12 or 13 week shutdown, we tried to limit the number of people coming through the Capitol. That doesn't mean we kept anyone out, but we've tried to make it so you can participate in our subcommittees where you're sitting there with three senators on the Zoom call. You can log into that on, from our le Iowa legislative website and you can raise your hand and you can talk and put your in and give your input. You don't have to come down to the Capitol to the to the basement room to talk about that anymore. You can get onto Zoom from your house anywhere in Iowa and participate in the process. Uh, we're streaming all of our committee's uh, work now. Um, our floor action's always been streamed, but we've tried to be even more uh, accessible and transparent than we've ever been. And so we're trying to take advantage of a tough situation with COVID uh, to get more people involved. And so far it's been successful. Yeah, well, that sounds great. And I just want to thank you again for all the work you've done and for taking time to talk with me today. All right. Thank you very much.